on in our in our future endeavors. Um, so then, moving forward, I worked down south, worked in Plymouth, North Carolina for a couple of years. Then um, the situation presented presented itself for me to come back home. I was born and raised in Trenton, mm-hmm. well, between Trenton and White City, so Trenton born. Yeah, you know um, Trenton region. Yeah, exactly. And um, I've been. I came here, and Mr. Jeter knew my mom very well. Was deacon at my mom's church. So when I came home, I don't think I was home two weeks, if that, before I got a call from him. You need to come around the corner because I li- li- literally lived around the corner. I could walk here, and. He said, come come to the station. I got a job for you. And I've been here since 96. Mm-hmm. So a majority of my radio career has been here at WIMG, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's fantastic. And, and again, I kudos to you and for all your help that you've provided me. And you've probably been the main producer for my program yeah. since it's been on. So thank yep. you very much oh, for that. No problem. No problem. You know, um, here at WIMG, you know, it being a gospel station, um, oftentimes people get, get they, they want to pigeonhole what they think your music interests are. Right. You being a DJ, a sought-after DJ here in the region, you, I, I, I've heard you play lots of different music. And, and I like to ask, um, you know, musicians and, and DJs, just talk about the importance of having an open ear to listen to different types of music. Well, it, like I said, it all goes back. It, the way I DJ and the way I present myself as a DJ all goes back to my learning in radio. Because in radio, your your format can change at any time. You know, and, this and hold, being, on, hold on, stop. So just let people know what you mean by format. Um, format, the type of music, type of music you play. Um, I went from a, in college, we were a urban station, we were an urban station, we played um, urban top 40, we played underground hip-hop, we played um, gospel on Sundays, Sundays was all day gospel, and, and you know, all morning gospel, all afternoon jazz, so that was where I came from the, from the beginning, then when I got my first job, my first job was all top 40, so I had to adjust my ear to all the top 40 stuff, and we played top 40, anything that had hit the top 40 on the billboard charts for the last whatever, how many years that Billboard's record, been recording the Top 40 charts, we played. Mm-hmm. So that cuts out a lot of the stuff I was used to playing at the time. This is you got to remember, this is the early 90s. Um, cuts out a lot of the stuff I was playing. I was used to playing at the college station because college stations, you get a little leeway to play mm-hmm. some of the real underground stuff, and you had to, but you had to adjust yourself to that. You have to be able in radio to adjust yourself to any format. If you want to keep your job at the station you're at, you have to be able to adjust. One of the uh, one of our speakers at one of our seminars years ago, and the phrase is all the the, the the statement has always stuck with me. You have to be willing to be on an urban station on Monday. Your station gets bought out Monday night. You're off the air Tuesday, and they tell you you want to stay here. We're changing the entire format to country western. You got to be ready to put on a pair of cowboy boots, a hat, a flannel shirt, and be ready to play Conway Twitty, uh, whoever the popular country artists are, and you need to know who they are. So when I DJ, when I present myself as a DJ, I don't pigeonhole myself as, oh, I only play hip-hop music. I only play um, R&B. I I mean, I like old-school R&B. I like old-school hip-hop. Trust me. 
put me in a party like that, yes, I got music for days. But I also, I play, I've done weddings and, and parties where I had to play Frank Sinatra. I had to play doo-wop music. I've had to play big band. I had to play 20, 1920s era music. Because I've built myself, I've built my library up to be able to say, hey, you need me? I'm there. I can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Now, sticking with that, right? When we talk about the format, you know, a lot of the radio stations, especially on a national level, are owned by large conglomerates. Yep. So you may end up, like you said, uh, for example, um, Clear Channel mm-hmm. or uh, Radio One. Yep. They own a bunch of different stations, and they may say, "Well, if you're the on-air personality or DJ, we're shifting you over." To the other station Right And if you want to keep your gig You may have to go from playing Like you said Top 40 To playing You know Hardcore rock Yep To country and western And and be fluid at it It's not like there's a big learning curve Where they say Okay well You'll figure it out No mm-hmm. There's somebody waiting to take your spot Yep It sure is It sure is And I learned a long time ago You have to make yourself You have to make yourself Indispensable If, if you understand Where I'm coming from There are Many things that need to be done here at a station, that need to be done at any radio station. Not only do they need somebody to talk on the mic, you can get anybody to talk on the mic. You know what I mean? If that's all they're going to do is talk on the mic. You need somebody to run your board, run your, you know, engineer your program. You need somebody that can do, if, if you have a client that wants a specific person on a commercial, you have to have somebody be able to write that commercial for them or produce that commercial for them edit music I learned all that in school I learned all of that I, like I said I, I, once again I gotta shout her out because she made sure we all knew this Edith Thorpe made sure we knew how to do all those things so when I when I got my my first job I told my I told my boss not only can I talk on the air I can edit commercials I can do production so I was the production manager I became the production manager and the commercials would come in Either the co- I had to either write the copy, write the commercial out itself, or edit the commercial when it came in, record it. Mm-hmm. So it would fit, you know, so it would do. You know, we, we were a small local station, so we did a lot of local business. And a lot of local businesses don't know how to make a commercial, so we had to make it, we had to do it. So our, my job was to write the commercial so the co- client would like it, and it would sound good to the public mm-hmm. to get them business. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, um, we were still doing live news. We were doing live news reads. So my job was to go through the paper, get local stories of interest, get national stories of interest, put them together in a newscast, mm-hmm. and read it live every 30 minutes. Because the, the, the story I tell people is when Charlie hired me, when Charlie got me here, Mr. Morris hired me, I was hired to do sales. I did sales for six hours. Charlie told me I couldn't sell water to a thirsty man. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of true. true. Yeah. It's kind of true because I'm... Uh, I've learned over the years how to sell myself because I know what I can do. But that wasn't my forte. Sales was not my forte. Mm-hmm. My forte was ripping and reading news. Our news guy um, happened to get sick and couldn't make it in one day, my first day. So Mr. Morris said, can anybody here do the newscast? He was going to cut it and rip it himself and just wanted somebody to read it. I said, well, Mr. Morris, I can not only read the news, I can cut the news stories. You tell me how you want them organized, and I can put them together, rip them off the AP wire, rip them out the newspaper, put it together, and put together a cohesive news for, uh, news broadcast. So he said, all right, you said you can do it, do it. 
Mr. Marsh was always about prove it to me. You can tell me you can do one thing. Show me you can do three. Mm-hmm. So I did the newscast. And Mr. Johnny Marsh, God rest his soul, thank you for hiring me here. I love it here. He told me that day, don't leave the station anymore. You're going to stay here and do news. Because our news guy was actually in the transition of leaving here to go somewhere else. So it was a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. It was it was a per it was perfect timing. That's why I tell people every everything that's happened good to me, business wise, has happened because I was here. Has happened because I've been in this station. So this station has my loyalty for the forever. When it shuts down, that means I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things that I have the loyalty to this station, to the fan, to the Mars family, to Mars Broadcasting, to Vini and everybody else here. I may have been, I may be, I think, I think the only person who has longer time here than me is um, Ed Long. Mm. I think that might be, might be it. Is everybody else? I mean, me and Ed, and like I said, Ed and I used to do morning shows here. We used to be around here. He do music. I do production. He get the song in. My job was to put it in and make sure it was right. So, that's, in a nutshell, why, one, I love doing what I do. Uh, two, I, I enjoy telling people about what I do, as you can see. And um, three, I'm, I'm not leaving <laughs> WIG anytime soon. That's fantastic. I'm speaking with Steve Cook. Um, you may know him from the other side. Um, he's here. I'm doing some interviewing with him. And we're going to be talking about one of his other passions, and that's DJing. Um, live events and parties, etc. We'll be talking with him just after the break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. One of the awesome things about here, um, for those of you who get a chance to watch the television broadcast on Friday nights at 11 over WPHY, you get a chance to see some of the the moving around and stuff like that. So uh, while Steve is live streaming, I want to give a shout out to uh, Darnell Ill Omega and Ray Strife, some local hip-hop artists who are doing some cool things. And I got a chance to spend some time with Ill Omega a couple of weeks ago at a a photo shoot that I did, a fashion photo shoot, Trenton Style Series 1.0. I was in partnership with the Trenton Photography Club, and there's going to be a bunch of things happening, rolling out, because you all know that I'm a, I'm a big fan about fashion, and I think that there's some amazing talent here, and I'm going to work on bridging the gap between those. So all the things that are happening in New York and Philadelphia fashion-wise, you're going to have to come through Trenton at some point in time. So without uh, at the end of that, we'll talk about that at a later time. You can hit me up, send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com, and I'll give you some more details. But I've got Steve Cook in the studio with me now, and I'm glad to have him sitting across from me. I see him every week in Hatford. How many years has it been? I, I can't count, Jock. I, I want to say four. Uh, I want to say four. It's probably been a little longer than that. But we got to check with five. Yeah, five. something like that. About five. Um, so it's nice to have you on this side um, yeah. to be able to ask you some questions and, and get a chance for my audience to hear about um, all the work that you do. Because I, I think a lot of times people only see the first person. They don't see all the moving parts right. and all the different things that are taking place. So when um, commercial breaks, um, my voice being too loud or too soft or my guests um, not sitting in a proper location, all those things are controlled by people who don't get a chance to really be on, on the camera. Right. And that is what you do. So let's talk about some of the positions, the behind the scenes positions. Um, like you said, um, producing, 
producer. I, I work. I usually, like you said, I'm never really on this side of the camera. Um, usually on the other side, giving you signals when to stop. You know, engineering, um, working the board, make sure sound levels are good. But that's what I do. It's necessary here. It's necessary for a show like this, for a station like this. Even though we're a small station, we are a small station. So imagine how a bigger station must need that type of person around those type of people. Mm-hmm. So that all. Like, like I said, that and that kind of goes back to it, it kind of allows me to do what I initially wanted to do, sort of. You know, don't tell you, don't get me wrong, I can't take apart a board and put it back together. <laughs> I can't, uh, I'll need, I'll need at least the schematics to, to, to see what's supposed to go where, but I'll give it a college try. If something like say some sound is wrong, I'll give my college try to make sure it comes out right. We'll rig it so it'll work so everybody's program could be on. Mm-hmm. Now, let's transition and talk about you as a DJ, and I think. Well, your name is super original, and I love it, especially um, when um, you first told me and, and the way you said it. Um, <laughs> so your, your DJ name is Say What, but there's a strong emphasis on the Say it. The, the original, the original, Come on. <laughs> the origin of the name came from a couple friends of mine, um, and the ori- origin of the name, the name, the way you say it is DJ Say What, <laughs> but the, the origin of the name was the more A's in the name, the harder the party is. The crazier the party gets. So that's that's where the name came from. But it stuck. It was it, and it works. You know, it it, it works. Um, I thank good. I thank God for them to even put that idea in my head. Um, it's unique. It sticks with people. Mm-hmm. It does. It sticks with people. And that's one thing you want to do as an entertainer. You want people to be, you know, oh, oh say what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, people come up and say it just, and it's funny. Um, and you know, I had I had to get used to it. I had to get used to it because of the fact that I used to go when I first came back home. I used to go by uh, DJ Steve C. Real easy. It's my name. Mm-hmm. But in um, at one time I was uh, DJ Small Change because one, it's my initials. SC. SC, but my dad's nickname was um, Small Change because he hung around a dude named Big Money. <laughs> so <laughs> big it was money Big and small, Money and small, small Change. change. <laughs> so, yeah, but then I was like, yeah, I used that for like one old mixtape that I did years ago and never used it again. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when, when the DJ Say What thing happened, it was it was great. It was at a perfect time. I was, I was really ramping up. With, with with doing things and getting out there, so yeah, this DJ say what? And you have to say, <laughs> you have to say it like that. And yeah. people and people will purposely just go say what and look at me and go. But it's great, you know. It's it's awesome. It's awesome, and it's something I. It's really something I learned from one of my mentors. Um, from from college, um, Greg Lange, who is the brother of the legendary Isaac from the Love Boat. <laughs> Ted Lange. Yeah. This is Ted Lange's older brother who had been in radio for years and literally took me into his home when I when I finished school. Um, he took me into his home and really schooled me on not just radio but entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome. Yes, I got to meet his brother. Brother is awesome dude, but his older brother is even you know Ted Lange is awesome. Greg Lange is even awesomer. Mm-hmm. You know, God rest his soul. You know, he passed away, but you know I learned a lot from that man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I take I still use everything he taught me. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but with DJing, I do it, I, and I I enjoy doing it. I do it because it's fun. I do it because it's fun. Um, 
And it helps me, you know, gives me a little extra income, of course. But I like doing it. I like entertaining people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm glad you mentioned the income portion because that's, that's something that I want to make sure that, that we talk about. I mean, most people know that I'm a big believer in creating marketplaces and the right. fact that you need... If, if someone's doing work, they need to be compensated for their right. work, regardless of what that work is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, we see it on a larger scale oftentimes that artists... Whatever the artist is, they're often not compensated for what they do, whether it's a musician, a painter, a, a, a performer, et cetera. People want them, ah, well, it looks so great and you're so talented, but they, they're reluctant to pay. Can you just, from your perspective, as a, a professional, as a, a DJ who's also not only in studio doing production work at a corporation, but also someone who's actually on their grind? Doing parties, doing events, um, as a DJ. Uh, okay, uh, we actually, actually, was talking with a friend about this earlier today. Um, they were talking about a post I had put on Facebook a while ago, and I put a post on Facebook, and it's, and, it, and the post went: people will pay top dollar for venue, they'll pay top dollar for catering, they'll pay top dollar for decorations, they'll pay top dollar for the clothes they wear to the party. But then they will come to the DJ who they want to come to the party and ask them to do everything for a discount. That's an insult to the person you want to hire. That's an insult to a, to a, to a DJ. Any DJ will tell you, you got to know your worth. You got to know your worth. Um, a lot of promoters uh, try to get DJs, oh, if you do it, it'll get you exposure. Fine. Exposure won't buy me new equipment. Mm-hmm. Exposure doesn't pay my bills. Exposure doesn't um, compensate me as for my work. You know, um, I've heard of dudes doing parties for seven, eight hours, starting at five in the afternoon, DJing until about one in the morning, 12, one in the morning, and somebody literally handing them $65. Like, here, here you go. That's, that's, that's wrong. If you continue to let that happen, it's going to happen. You know, you, you continue to let that happen. That's what, oh, yeah, he'll do it for $65. No. No. Get me, don't get me wrong. If you're new as a DJ and starting out, still know your worth. You know, there may be a time you do the free party for somebody. It happens, you know. But, yes, that one party can get your name to it. If you do the right free party to get your name out, yeah, it helps. The exposure does help. But don't be that DJ, oh, we can get him to do it because he'll do it for free. Because mm-hmm. then they'll take advantage of you, mm-hmm. you know. And there, are, um, and, and there are promoters and people who organize events who know this. But then there are also promoters that are professional and know that music, the music, the way the music is presented and played is the centerpiece to the party. Mm-hmm. So I need to compensate that person or persons that I hire for that, you know, the same way that I would want, I would want to be promote, I would want to be compensated if it were me. Mm-hmm. So, you got to respect the DJ. You got to respect the culture. You got to respect him or her as a person. You know what I mean? Don't try to take it, man. Oh yeah, you doing my party? My party's gonna be the liveest party. You should do it for free because it's gonna be exposure for you. I'll give you some food and you can have a couple drinks. No. I literally had people call me and tell me, ask me, oh, well, you can do, can you do our party for us? But our budget is um, not allowing us to pay you, 
but $50, but you can get all the free food and drink. No. Your, your party's at the Westin. Mm-hmm. Your party's at the Westin. You have the entire ballroom. You want to pay me $50? No, that's okay. You know, most, the, the, the lowest end quality DJ equipment a DJ shows up with is, going, is starting off at $1,000. Plus, we got to keep everything up to date. You know, it, those things cost money. For us to provide a professional service to you, we need to be able to get the professional tools we need. You wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't ask your, your, your mechanic to do something for exposure. You want your car fixed. You're going to pay him to fix your car. You know, your doctor, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to ask the doctor to do something for exposure. Mm -hmm. They're going to do a halfway job and you'll be dead. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. How do we how do we change the the ideology that a lot of people have? And and I I don't want this to be focused on individuals either. I think this needs to be corporations and businesses, et cetera. See, businesses, businesses, when they hire, if I do a corporate event, Every DJ needs to have a contract. You get in, in you if you get in, into business or get ready to do an event for someone, you need to have a contract and you need to get a deposit. Because without those two things, we can't really talk. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to give a deposit to secure your date, to secure your time, and to secure and to sign a contract stating this is what's going to happen, and then these are the options if something happens. If you're not willing to sign those two things, you're not into doing business hmm. well Steve unfortunately we are up on the end of the program I want to thank you again not only for the help that you've provided me over the years as my producer but also for um, sharing your knowledge and your wisdom I really appreciate it and I look forward to seeing more of what you're doing thank you Jack I appreciate it oh you got it my man you've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show heard over WIMG on Tuesday nights from approximately 8 to 9 p.m. you can send me an email trenton365show at gmail.com I do respond to them and I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you over some food and beverages and talk about how we together can work on building a better community for everyone have a great night folks and we'll see you next week